Wow, what a great time we had recording this episode. I can't tell you how much fun we had. So this week on our episode, we had the privilege of speaking with Marlon and Lisa Crawford. And we talked about the thermostat. What is that? That's how to keep your relationship at the perfect temperature at all times. And when it's off, you know it and how to get it back right where it needs to be. We would also like to give a great shout out to our friend Shaquila, who is listening to us and supports us. And we appreciate you. It was also her birthday this week. So everyone say happy birthday to Shaquila. So without further ado, let's listen to this week's episode with Lisa and Marlon. Cue the music. Welcome to Loving Beyond the I Do Podcast. This power couple is building stronger marriages one day at a time. Talking about real issues on love, relationships, and marriage longevity. Let's break down the barriers and engage in healthy conversation with your hosts, Jason and Tina Marie. Take a seat and buckle up because things are about to get real. All right, well, welcome to the show. Uh, we're here with uh, Marlon and Carlisa Crawford. Um, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. All right, so we were having dinner the other night, and a conversation came up about thermostat, the thermostat in your relationship. And I was, like, very inquisitive about that. I mean, like, hey, you, we, we got into a nice conversation at dinner, and I was like, hold up. Well, I didn't say that. Actually, Tina said, stop the conversation. I don't have the mic, so we need to get this on tape. So tonight we're going to let them tell us what the thermostat is in your relationship. So who wants to start? Well, well, I can start. Well, well, before you start, is it is it is it warm right now? Is it icy? I mean, <laughs> where is the thermostat set right now? Is it just comfortable? <laughs> well, <not> <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said I can start. Did you say about that, Lisa? Lisa, it's fire. Oh, oh it's boy. fire. Okay, all right, so all right. Don't touch that down. <laughs> all so right. I think it's fine now. Okay. All right. So explain to us what is the thermostat in a relationship. Well, before let's before we let, let let's let them tell a little bit about themselves. Okay. Before we jump right in, how long you been married? How you met? All this other stuff. Well, I'm glad that you asked. Okay. So I'm excited to say that Lisa and I are in our eighth year of marriage. We got married in 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, it's now been eight and a half years of uh, marital bliss. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, I will say that. Um, but the beautiful thing about uh, our marriage uh, that we have experienced and we continue to experience that, um, and people even share with us, is that even though we've only been married for eight and a half, it feels like much longer uh, in terms of our ability to uh, work together, be on the same page, and basically um, become one. Well, I won't pull up any rocks or anything, but you say marital bliss. Does that mean that because I know both of you come from a blended family, like you... Lisa had kids prior to, and you had you have a daughter. So, was that part of your marital bliss? Like they just joined in, they they just everything just went right. right. So of course not, exactly. So um, and you know to be fair, in in terms of one of the reasons why it may seem like or feel like that it's much longer than eight years is that we actually known each other for uh, over 
35 years okay um, because we were in uh, high school together and um, so there was a 25 year period where we were off doing separate things before we came together okay so you did know each other prior to right getting married yeah mm -hmm. absolutely but as soon as uh, we did get married then when you do bring two families together um, then there's instant, um, you know, conflicts and issues and, and um, oh, readjustments. Instant marital bliss. Well, you know, <laughs> for us it was. Right. The right. marital bliss part, I mean, it, it is actually true. When you find your soulmate, um, whether it's, you know, you've, you start your relationship years back or it's a newer relationship. Um, then in a lot of ways it is bliss, even in the in the midst of the trials and the challenges, uh, because you are if you're on one page on the same page, um, then children, they follow you. Um, you it's 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 a challenge because, you know, who doesn't want their parents, their birth parents to be together? Um, so, you know, those are some challenges that you work through. But uh, if you're on the same page, then you can work through them. Right. right. And so if, if I can add to that, one of the things that uh, made me feel like uh, it was uh, we experienced marital bliss was because uh, Lisa and I started from the beginning when we um, started dating um, back in 2009, mm -hmm. that we uh, first had to be honest with ourselves. Okay. Right? We had to be honest that um, we both had made decisions that caused uh, our lives to go in different directions. Okay. But when we came together again, we instantly knew that we had a purpose that was much bigger than what we could have imagined uh, some 35 years ago. And so we decided that we were going to be honest with ourselves in terms of where we wanted to be. And we instantly knew that we were going to be married and spend the rest of our lives together. And do you think that was part of age? Like, because sometimes when you're younger, you don't, you, you don't, you haven't gone through those other things that you need to get to to be to become the person that you are when you guys got back together. And I think sometimes going through that experience kind of helped you see what you didn't want in your second relationship or what didn't work from the first one that you can now apply to your second one and not go through those same mistakes. Yeah. Is, was that is that yeah. And, and so, and part of what you're saying uh, resonates with me because one of the things that I was naive to think was that in my previous marriage, uh, with all the flaws that, and all the um, problems that we experienced, uh, I was naive to think that it was nothing that I did to contribute to that. Okay, mm, yeah, okay. okay. And so when I started the relationship with uh, Lisa, mm -hmm. I like to call her Lisa, not Curly. Lisa. Yep. <laughs> um, what I found out was that even in our marital bliss that we had problems that, that I was actually contributing to. And so uh, what I found out was that I had to learn to break that, I had to break that cycle. Uh. How, how did it become, how were you aware of that? Because if you're thinking that your first marriage, the problems that you had was your spouse and not you, how, how did you come, how did that, how did that revelation come about that you realized, hey, I'm having these same issues, then it must be me? Or was it something that you all did? Like, how do you know? How does the person know, whether it's the male or the female, that the problems that you had in your previous relationship, you're actually the one who's causing them or bringing them? Mm -hmm. 
Well, part of that is then your spouse tells you. Okay. And that's where communication is really important. Um, and when you are um, entering into uh, especially a second marriage where you are making this choice, um, I think with sometimes with um, first marriages, if you're backing into it or mm -hmm. if you end up in this marriage for a number of reasons that's not about finding the right person for you but mm -hmm. um maybe it's just your time right and you, you right. know people go into marriages for a bunch of reasons mm -hmm. um and i think that <clears throat> god honors marriages and so you can make it work but i think that there is somebody for you that is your soulmate that person that you should be with and for me um, coming into this, never intended to get married again. That was not <laughs> on the agenda. Um, was totally fine and happy to just get out of the situation that I was in. But in coming across and having the opportunity to reconnect with someone who, you know, in hindsight, and we, we talk about it, we um, fell in love 35 years ago. But because of maturity, because of not knowing really what was love, right. you, Absolutely. you don't know right. that right. Um, at 18 years old. Um, and so, um, but then having the opportunity to get back together, you're not going to just squander that. You're not going to right. just let that pass. So when you see something, you say something. And so then, so that's when you're calling out these things that this isn't right. You know, if you're, you're bringing this stuff in, I'm not your ex-wife. This isn't right. We're not doing this. And so when you call those things out, then now, you know, the other person's, you know, they're, they have to deal with that. Marlon, how did you feel about that? I mean, you had to learn to take ownership in, you know, the part that you, the part that you played in, in your past uh, relationship. Right. So you come over, he's like, hey, I want to do things better. You know, I love this person and we got back together. This is this is who I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. Now, how do you feel when she comes to you? It's like, we're not going to do that. And Sorry. when do you get to the point where you say, well, I got to take ownership in this? And well, how were you open? You know, well, so yeah. it, it wasn't easy. Right. Uh, let me just say it wasn't something that automatically we just decided um, that right. I'm going to take ownership. And it's, you know, these are some things I need to do. I actually went walked into this relationship uh, blind in terms right. of <laughs> my fate and our relationship. What we had in the past was fast forward to now. Thought was it was going to just be automatic. It was right. going to be open up the can and here's a beautiful <laughs> marriage. And yeah, quite honestly, it started out like, right. it, and it right. started out like that. Sure. And everything it usually does. Right. Was going <laughs> so great where she can you know right away she's finishing my sentences. She knew what I, what I like. We like the same things. So I'm thinking marriage is easy. <laughs> This is great. Right, when you're with the right person. This is wonderful. And it was like, for the first time in my adult life, I was actually experiencing what it actually feels like to be, to be in love. Okay. To okay. be in love right. with someone who's actually in love with me. Okay. Yep. Uh, so that's where, but that's where the, uh, it starts to get difficult because I was, naive enough to think right. that love right. alone right. was going to keep us. Absolutely. And it will and, not. And then I, I, and I look at my wife, and she has this look on her on her face, like, <laughs> like I have just kicked her in the stomach, and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's telling me about myself, and I'm thinking, 
What is wrong? What are are you kidding? It's me. I would do anything for you. And why would you be upset with me? You know my heart. You right. know there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. Right. And she began to tell me about myself in a way that uh, we had to have those difficult conversations where we break down. Okay, so here's what you did. And this is what I didn't like about it. My initial thought was, you know, you're overreacting. Okay. You right. are, uh, you have baggage. And so you got to work that out on it's, your own. It's that, yep. um, that uh, retaliation, that, that coping mechanism where it's not me, it's you. Where we really, when someone's trying to tell us and help the situation, we're thinking that they're trying to find blame. Oh, absolutely. Right. So so what we do is we turn it around and then we can find mm-hmm. the fault in them instead of actually trying to hear what they're saying and trying to come up to, to an agreement on how to resolve the issue instead of just going fast. And I think that's a key point in relationships where when, when your mate is trying to tell you what they see that you may not be able to see and then we turn around and switch it around instead of being open and honest mm-hmm. with ourselves and actually trying to handle it as an individual. But the truth know. hurts. I mean, it's it it's hard when someone's telling you about yourself. So if I, you know, I'm in love with you, we're in this marriage and, and things are going along and then you're going to tell me about some stuff that cuts to the core about my being that I really need to check. I, you know, it, it's tough to deal with and it takes a man to sit back and say, okay, maybe you're not tripping. Maybe I need to take a serious look at myself and see if I can kind of rectify this situation. So was that what you did? Like, I mean, honestly, for no. the for the men out, right? So honestly, for the men out there, when, <laughs> no. when because most men think women are nagging, yeah, you know, or or like you said, we're overreacting or we're just too sensitive. So what would you tell a man when 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 someone's actually or anyone when someone's actually trying to tell you something that could benefit your relationship? What did you do? How did you, how, honestly, how did you absorb that and apply it to your life? Well, it's no easy fix and it, it's a process. So I can tell you that uh, it's very natural. And for me, when, when Lisa began to tell me why I was wrong and why I was, how I hurt her and all these different things, men come from a factual background. We're going to look at things logically and say, well, if you did this, then I wouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. So still, still really, this though. is your problem. Mm-hmm. It's not my problem because really, you were a part of this the problem. Mm-hmm. So I kept making her a part of the problem instead of me focused on how can I create the solution. Yeah. So in that, I'm pointing the finger at her. She's right. pointing the finger at me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know. I'm good, so I'm gonna just go over here. I'm watch television. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do anything I can to avoid this confrontation. Right, right. Because this cannot be healthy for a marriage. Right. Or so I thought. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Which, which was one of my posts. How do you handle conflict? And if your answer to conflict is just to walk away or remain silent, like mm-hmm. that's not. A that's resolution. not gonna do it. Right. It's not a resolution, and so. Then part of that, again, it comes to communications. So while he's walking away, I'm saying, okay, so let me tell you what how this is playing out. So you are walking away. And so what I what you're forcing me to do is to readjust without you absolutely being a part of the solution. Mm. Right. Right. And so I think that happens so many times in marriages and is a source of relationships falling apart because 
if somebody's always walking away, the other person's left to readjust their life. Right. And before you know it, you have a readjusted life without, without that the other per- person. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Lisa, did he did did Marlon ever tell you about your shortcomings in the relationship? Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause I, of course. Cause, well, I don't know because all I heard that, you know, Marlon well, has I some mean, shortcomings. So, well, of course, and especially from the standpoint of, um, as Tina mentioned, when you are bringing to someone's attention, something that they, maybe they know, maybe they don't, but they don't necessarily like or want to like about themselves, then they will throw it on you and so then it becomes about well but this is wrong with you and that's wrong with you right right Um, so so there's definitely room to hear everything that's wrong with everybody but um i think that part of one of the things that i would accept as a shortcoming in, in a shortcoming in this is that what we also tend to do i think um as women and especially if you feel hurt is become an enabler and you actually, without even knowing it, is creating the the uh, pattern for it to continue to happen. And so one of the things that um, that we started, I started to notice was the pattern, you know, like you do something that I don't like or I think is inappropriate or whatever. And then my reaction is whatever my reaction. And it's like the cycle. Keep and going then it over. keeps going mm-hmm. and keeps going. And so then at some point, if once you see there's a pattern, then you have to do something to ch- change it or it'll continue until you fall apart. So so that's what we want to get to. What right. was yeah. how? How did you change it? What did you do? Was it togetherness? Was it something you guys did apart or, or apart? Or was it when he changed, then you were able to change? Like, what was it? Yeah, at this point, we have the thermostat kicking in because right now it's up and down, in and out at this point. Right. Okay. So let me kick, let me just uh, bring it back just a, a few notches. So one of the things that happens when you're in previous relationships and or marriages, you can't help but in your mind go back to that your old previous relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're comparing that relationship to what you have now to assess what am I doing differently from that previous relationship and where is this going now? Where do I want this to go? And I think one of the common things that stood out for me that caused that change to happen okay. is number one, uh, we both have a faith in God. So we, we realize that, there is, that there, is some, there is something bigger than us mm-hmm. that, is, uh, being, um, that, that can benefit from our marriage. It's not about us anymore. Okay. Sure. But with that being said, we have such highs, such really um, strong highs where we are so close and we experience that love that we have for one another. And so when we have that love, then when it goes the other direction and now we're having this argument and I'm seeing my wife literally in tears, frustrated and crying, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? I don't want this to continue because right. I know how this Because you know how, how it's going to end up. Right, yeah. right. You know, you're, this you've seen this right. movie. I've right. seen this end. I've seen this movie. Yeah. Right. You know exactly the, the, the how it is. saying is you can't keep doing the same things mm-hmm. and different, different results. results. Absolutely. Yeah. And I knew where this was going to go. My previous match, I had no clue where it was going. Didn't care where it was going to go. I just wanted to be peaceful. Right. But now I know that I have to change the narrative. And so what I began to realize is 
I have to get over myself, right? Mm -hmm. I had to get over myself in terms of um, it's not about me anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and did so, you? And, and I think you have to ask yourself: Do I really want another failed relationship? Absolutely. Do I, I, I want to let my ego step in the way, or do I really want? This is a person that I love, and she loves me, and we care for each other. What am I going to do to change this? Or am I just going to walk away again saying that it was her fault? Blaming right. someone else for another failed relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. so. Right. And so with that being said, we, I had to start to take a look at, and I realized, I started to realize when she was at such a broken place that because she was broken, it actually caused me to be broken. Mm -hmm. And so we're in our brokenness. Right we realize how much we love each other. And I realize then it's not about her criticizing anymore. It's about me making her whole again. Yeah. And did you, did you think that the brokenness was from, like you said, we have baggage. So you're bringing mm -hmm. past hurts back into this relationship. And where, and like you said, you saw a pattern and you're thinking, oh, you too, Lisa, like, okay, I know where this goes. I know if we're arguing and we don't fix this, then I know where this ends up. And mm -hmm. so now you're, you're I, I think at some point you had to um, say to yourself or think that I don't want this to happen again. Like, I, I, well, it was. So for me, it was, again, it's like when you start to see a pattern and you look at what's your role in it. And when you see a pattern and you see, you know, if, if the pattern is even that, you know, you see something that we've talked about, it's still happening, or you see something you don't like and you say something and then they, you know, somebody apologizes and then you go to the next time and then, you know, then something else happens. And you just see this pattern and where you do your part, they do their part. You do your part, they do that, their part. But it's not really solving anything. It's not really... Um, um, elevating or moving and taking your marriage to the next level you, right then somebody has to make some significant change and so for me it was more about um not so much about well you know don't want to fail marriage so i'm going to just take it and stay and do at all costs it wasn't oh, that no, no, no. Right, right it no, was it, right it <laughs> wasn't no, that no, no. you weren't going down that road no, I, meant, I meant like the feeling of like the feeling that you have from previous relationships and you know that this can be better. Yeah. What can I do right. to help it? So that, you know, sort of that, not, not like it's a film. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Definitely from the standpoint of that, um, there is a solution to this. Um, you're putting everything on the table. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there are times when uh, in relationships and just talking with other uh, married couples where, um, people take on the philosophy of just, you know, let it go. Let no. don't make it into an issue. Just, you know, be quiet about it. Yeah. Um, but that push it under the table, push which it doesn't, under the does table, not work, does yeah. not work. And so instead of taking that approach, um, but because this is a second marriage, because you do want to make it work because you know, it can work. Then you put everything in it okay. and you don't, you know, you don't say, well, Maybe I shouldn't say anything about that because, you know, I'm just not going to I'm just going to keep that to myself or I'm just going to talk to a girlfriend. I'm just going to talk to somebody. No, you put it all out there for you and your husband to deal with. Like it or not, good or bad, we're going to work through this. 
And with that being said, one of the things that I began to do is once we got over the uh, the confrontational, the uh, you know, arguing or pointing the finger, and this is to Lisa's point, why does why do I have to always get to this point of uh, broken, being broken and crying and heart wrenched for you to Even get notice, it. Right. For you for to you, get it. For you to right. wake and up. So, and I realized mm-hmm. that I was causing that. Mm-hmm. Whether I thought I it was my fault or not, this is my wife. So right. I was causing that. And so I said, instead of me trying to guess what the answer is, why don't I just ask her? Absolutely. <laughs> I, right, I'm right. saying, babe, what, what can I do to uh, minimize this pain and hurt? What is it that that you need for me to do. And then she began to tell me, Marlon, it's great that you love me, and I know that you love me, but anybody can love somebody when they're lovable. Absolutely. I need you to love me when I'm not lovable. Right, right. That's not an easy thing to do. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. It takes an extra someone to do that. Real nice, and then you said, "Oh no, it's not." Yeah, no, it's not. But that's what she needed from me. So I began to ask her. So, what does that look like? What I mean, give me more examples. So that means that when we have those tough conversations and we talk through what that means, when we go to bed at night, you know, that means hugging me and saying, "You know what, babe." It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. She told me, this is what I need from you. Okay. I need okay. you to wow. hug me and tell me it's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. And you know what hugging is? It's a personal touch. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's, if I touch you, I'm saying more than if I open up my mouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. right. And so if, you're, if you listen to your mate, if they really love you, they don't want to die either. Right. So they're Absolutely. Going to say, hey, Absolutely. I'm drowning. Yeah. This is what I need. Right. Now, I can sit here and say, well, you know what? It don't take all that. And until you get your ass together, <laughs> guess what's going to happen? She's going to be drowned. She's going to be dead. And it's going to be... Right. I, and and you're going to be all by yourself. Right. right. You've been right. killed. Sitting over in a quiet corner that. somewhere. No, no. You've been like, she well, died right. on her own. Right. She died of natural causes. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But, but that's good. That's a good point. And, and I think... A good point in that is that most of the time, women are speaking up. Women are letting men know what they want and what they need. Mm-hmm. It's just that the man is not maybe so susceptible as you are into giving it. You know, men maybe don't want touch. They don't want hugs. Like like you said, you're doing too much. But I don't think they know how, really. I mean, if you, if you weren't taught or you don't know how to really express your feelings, you, you can't do that. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you have to be vulnerable in this space. And, think, and yeah, most men are willing to be vulnerable. Right. It shows a sign of, you know, weakness. Right. You know, you get, you're supposed to be tough to be a man. So I'm going to stand strong, you know, like Marlon said. I'm going to go over in the corner where it's quiet and just let you <laughs> vent and do your stuff. And then when you calm down, we can come together and sit down and watch some TV or be back together again. So you would not recommend that. What would you recommend for those couples right now that may be going through a rough patch and are not newlyweds, but have been married for a while. And they're going through that rough patch. Because, you know, after a while, it does get to that point where you're just tired of arguing and fussing. So you retreat sure. to your corners. Right. So how, how does the communication gap begin to close up? What would you suggest they do? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I would say that they want to do something unexpected. Um, and, you know, back to Marlon's point of just sometimes people just need a hug. I mean, you can be um, upset or frustrated about something. And so what would be unexpected if you <laughs> go sit next to your spouse and mm-hmm. you give them a kiss or you give them a hug? Or sometimes people don't. You, you know, they, well, they, <laughs> but, but they take them by surprise. I, I think you would be surprised how much that will break the ice mm. to have a conversation. It will. It'll, it'll drop your defenses. I mean, because there is no defense against that. Okay, you coming at me. Okay, here she come. And then she kiss you. You go. And, and I tell a lot of people most of the time, when women and men or when people are arguing, most of the time they just want to be loved. Yep, and yep. they don't know That's how it. to yep. express it. Right. Yep. So we say it's the money. We say it's the kids. We say it's the job. And all of those are stresses. But I think the key point is that we're just looking for someone to hug us. We're just looking right. for someone to save us at that point. Yep. Just show me love. I just want to, I just want to see and feel that you love me. Right. Don't tell me, like you said, you apologize and then the next day or the, it, it right. happens again. Just showing someone that you love them enough to take the time out to show them that you care. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so true. And, and with that being said, one of the things that, um, that tends to happen in a relationship too, is typically women are always two or three steps ahead of us, <laughs> men, in terms of what Four they want and what they're thinking about. <laughs> And, and I would tell Lisa a lot of times, I was like, hey, slow down. I, I, I'm not there yet. All right. And so to Lisa's point about That's doing, a good the, point too. doing yeah. the unexpected, I don't always have to agree with her to love her. Right. Absolutely. Right. So Most I may not be there. I don't right. quite get the brevity of what the issue is, but I know I'm hurting her. So that means that I can do, because I love her, then that means that take time out. We don't have to resolve everything. Right now. In one day. Yeah. Right. But that's, what I can't do is love on you. Right. Yes. I can I can cook dinner when you don't expect me to. Mm-hmm. I can say, hey, but let's go out to dinner. Right. Um, do the things and when you do those things, you break down those those um barriers and barriers right. and mm-hmm. to the point that you can now get to a place where have a your heart is soft yes. enough to have that conversation. And it goes back to what I said initially about being honest, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't wait until there's an argument to be honest because then it's just an argument right and you're not being honest in an argument anyway sometimes you're, you're not, ju- you're, not. Yeah. you're just trying you're to right. be cover some stuff and up sometimes you say things that you wouldn't say when right. you're arguing you right. know? or you're trying to be hurtful it all depends right. how or you're trying to be hurtful right and so what are the three words that men can't stand more than anything else we need to talk. Oh, my words. God. We need to talk. They need to write a book on that. <laughs> Jesus. You know, we know Did this you hear that? Did you hear our argument. podcast about that? <laughs> man, <laughs> listen. Those few little words strike so much fear in a man's Ooh. heart when he hear that. We need to talk. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad I never say that. I'm glad, yeah, too. I oh say that. I just, I just yeah. start talking. <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> maybe right. maybe I, they would like it. I don't even get for war- I don't even get a warning or anything. Right so right <laughs> you in the room? You free? Yeah, right. I just I, jump right on she just jumped right in and give it to me. So in the terms of the thermostats, that's what we. Were yeah, yeah, right. yep, yeah, yeah. But, but, so it's, this, but it's good to get a little backstory. Backstory, right? right so right. now we're 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 elevating to the thermostat. Okay. Right. So what I had to come to grips with is that me being um, the man in this relationship, uh, the being what I like to call the priest in my home, that I realize 
that my wife loves me as much as she may criticize what I did <laughs> or what I didn't do. I make her complete. Okay. And so because of that, I have a responsibility. In fact, I have uh, that gift in me that resonates with her so that therefore it becomes my responsibility to make sure that um, she's whole. I know her better than anybody else, mm -hmm. right? So I know what it, what she needs for her to feel um, warm, for her to feel protected, valued, understood. And it's my job to do it. Even when she's not treating me the way I think I'm supposed to be treated. If I take care of her, guess what? She's gonna take care of me. So do you think people might see that as one-sided? Like, why is it the man's role? Why is it your role to fix her instead of her role to fix herself? And then when she's whole and you're whole, then you can be complete. Like, why, why do you feel like it's your job to have to fix her when she's broken? Well, so what I, I think is that for women, though, I think there's a natural um, tendency to to love on and to nurture those people that they care about. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I think that they, they're doing that. They're, they're already doing that. Um, and so when, when, um, but I think that is a less natural thing for, um, you know, a, a man to do that. I think it's less natural for them to, to be the nurturer in, in terms of that, in that way and, and loving on their, mm -hmm. their wife in that way. So I think that's where it just requires more intentionality on his part. I think it's just a more natural thing for a woman. And even when they're not um, getting it back, they're giving it out all, all the, the time. time. Yes. Um, so I, I think that that's partly why it's not that it's one sided. It happens both ways. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's more easier and natural for a woman to do it. Okay. That's true. It does seem a little abnormal okay. for a man, but it's a good thing. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's fine because you're in a relationship oh. and you love your wife. So. Okay. So what is the thermostat? What exactly is sure. that? What do we mean by that term, the thermostat? Sure. So when you think about a thermostat, um, what is the role of a thermostat? A thermostat has to, first of all, uh, be aware of the temperature in the room, right? Right. And, and so in relationships... Um, my job, I feel as as a man and uh, the husband in the relationship, is to uh, constantly, daily, take a, a weather check on how uh, my wife is feeling, and not just automatically assume that it's set to seventy five and that she's on seventy five every day. Okay. You know, because life happens, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And because life happens, that's going to change her her uh, temperature, her gauge of or where she's at in terms of being whole. Mm -hmm. And so as a thermostat, I have to give her what she needs. If she is uh, feeling unappreciative, unappreciated, un unloved, uh, disrespected, no matter what I may think, I got, I'm concerned about her, her, um, her happiness. And so I may think that she's at a 75, but really she's more at a 68. Okay. And so at the thermostat, my job is to love on her, to warm her up, to get to where she wants to be anyway. And it can't happen by itself. She's not going to warm herself up. Right. Okay. 
So the thermostat, I turn up the heat. And how do I, what does that mean by turn up the heat? That means I'm going to love her when even I don't understand what she's mad about. I'm going to uh, bring her flowers. I'm going to listen to what her triggers are and making sure that I am giving her what she needs so that she knows that I understand her. Not to patronize her, right? Okay. Not to just make her feel like, there, there, now I brought you a box of chocolate, so now you should be better now, <laughs> right? No, because she will well, throw those chocolates back in and, my face. It's, right? And no. it's, it's, it's all, um, you know, unique to the couple because, you know, what factors into this is your love language. So what is what is it that you need? So right. that'll be different for the different couples. Um, it may be different in terms of just, you know, the which partner um is is having to or, or or needing to make the adjustment in terms of being the thermostat that'll be different depending on what's going on in the relationship so it's not a one size fits all but the i think the key thing here is to just be aware of the temperature of your relationship okay and um and then make the adjustments and and recognizing that people aren't going to just the temperature is not going to change by itself. That there's somebody who has to actively be doing something. And so, to, the, and, and that's the problem. No, sometimes one person feels like I'm always adjusting. Why should I adjust? And then the other person says, "Well, you know, there are. You know, we, we can always find fault when we're not at the right temperature in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So, and some it, someone has to do it. So, how how do we know who that person is? How do we help people? to adjust their relationship so that the thermostat is set at a temperature for both of them. Come on, somebody. You just said something powerful. You just said that what if the person, one person who's doing the uh, adjusting the Mm -hmm. thermostat feels like they're always Always. the one giving Mm -hmm. them. Well, think about it. If, If you're always having to adjust the thermostat, that means that there's a leak somewhere. Mm. Either there is there is not enough insulation keeping the heat in, or the windows are not great to keep the, you know, keep the, uh, <laughs> right. to keep the cool inside. Right. 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 So something's going wrong. Something we gotta find. Right. We gotta find where the leak is. And so that's what, so if you're constantly having to, that means that I'm not doing something right. If I gotta constantly work that hard, somewhere I'm not getting to the root of the problem. Where is that heat? Uh, that cold air coming in from somewhere there's a draft mm. and I got to go find that draft. Right, right. So in my in, in, in translation to the relationship, I got to find out what that thing is that's causing her to constantly have her temperature uh, colder than what she wants it to be. I there, Even though I may not be the cause of it, I'm not finding the root of the problem. And that's what I, that's what the thermos said. So you're right. You can't just keep because that's what happens if you keep throwing it right, right. You got the thermostat's going to break. If Absolutely. you constantly got to keep running, efficiently. something's going to break. Right. right. So you have to get to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And so okay. that's what we call it. And, and you said one thing: it may not even be in a relationship. It could be work. It could be Absolutely. you know family and things of that nature that's creating other stressors and things of that nature. So you do you have to actually work to get at the actual root of the of the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So is there so and I think. That major thing may be, so we talk about communication, as we uh-huh. said before, but some people may not realize that they're not communicating. So how do couples really um, monitor or um, 
gauge if they're communicating because if I'm thinking I'm telling you something and I'm constantly telling you and then you tell me you understand and you hear me and then we make up and then it happens again how do how do we know that we're actually at the bottom of the communication so that we know that communication is effectively being transferred between the two people mm -hmm. right and and you won't know unless you start to see results there has to be some change and if otherwise it's you know like a dog chasing his tail you're just gonna keep going through the cycle and that's where it's important that someone stops the cycle um that's where communication is, is really important but um you, you will have to see some change and you it's it's amazing when you get to another level of communication and understanding you know absolutely right well and what i like to use as an analogy is um Communication can be like in high, like high blood pressure. It can be the silent killer okay. in a relationship. Okay. Yeah. Because like Lisa said, sometimes one person may decide, you know what, I'm tired. Right. Right. So they may be quiet. And the other spouse think, okay, everything is going great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look up. I want a divorce. You, you well, want two separate. Right, right, right. right. We were doing fine. We were right. doing fine. It was that silent killer. We just got rid of all the kids. We paid off the house. I bought you a new car. What do you mean? Because we didn't take the time to, like Lisa was saying, just because somebody's silent don't mean that they're happy. Wait, wait Marlon. You if Marlon says something, we just got rid of the kids. Yeah, you know, we, right. Yeah, we yeah. get paid off. Some, I just bought you a car. Baby, I feel like I need to come over there and give you a hug. Is he trying to throw one in there on us? Right? <laughs> so go ahead, Marlon. But, but you're right. But you're right. And I think that is a key point. I think when. Um, if two people are really in a relationship to make it work, that they should be willing to sit down and actually communicate. And you'll know when the communication is actually working because something will change. Yeah. You can't you can't have um, something positive or communication to start flowing and things not change. Mm -hmm. If things are remaining the same, that's how you know that there's still a leak. Like the windows aren't good, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> right. Well, the door's cracked. Even right. in the, with the car or in the house, anything that you have, you have to do preventative maintenance on it. You mm -hmm. have to. Upkeep you have to. It. Yes. Otherwise, it may you may think everything is great, but eventually it's going to fall apart. And, and I think yeah, that's and this is one thing that we don't ever work on. Absolutely. Well, we don't study our relationships. We don't read books. We don't go to seminars. We don't do that kind of stuff. We just mm -hmm. we just learn it and we just get into it and we just do it. And but, I think that's but, why so many marriages early on fail because we don't know what to expect and we don't know what to do. And like you said, Marlon, earlier, you was like, I didn't care. I just wanted it to be peaceful. I didn't care what was happening. I didn't know why it was happening. But my take and my answer was to, I'm just going to sit over here and just be quiet and it's going to be okay. I think the problem is that, like you said, we don't study and we don't listen and we don't try to find out. Yeah. We, we really, if we want to know um, how to have a successful relationship, why not read about it? <laughs> why not find out about it? Mm -hmm. You know, and we just don't do that. That's like one of those... Um, but, taboos again yeah you know yeah you figured you figured out you, you you'll have all the answers but it's some really it's some really good relationship books and courses and and um 
and movies seminars and, and seminars and, and all that stuff absolutely. that you can go to and, and actually talk to. And it's nice because if you're around a group of people that's trying to make their relationship better, it can't help but make your relationship better. You can always right. learn some things. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Because everybody's um, moving in the same direction. Absolutely. I know um, probably over 10, 12 years ago, we had a seminar and I had told them one of the best things to get something out of your mate was, you know, and I didn't realize at that time, like I had said it, and then it was like 10, 12 years later, and the lady was like, I never forget what Tina said. Oh, yeah. You know, if the best time to ask your mate or to respond to your mate about something that, you know, maybe you guys disagreed about or something that you want or you want to bring something to them is right after uh, lovemaking because that's the, their defenses aren't up. Mm-hmm. So after you make love, you're, you're supposed to be at a blissful place. So that's when you ask. You mean we don't go to sleep? No. No. Before you go to sleep, <laughs> then you get the question. So, that, so, so I didn't right. know so that I was part of the research right. stuff. <laughs> so if you want something from your mate, you have to get them at their time. Not when they come in from work, when they're tired and they really right. don't want to hear it. Not when you're arguing or you're trying to get your point across. But after that point, when everything is happy and their defenses are down, and then you. You know, you sneak it on in there. Very rarely do they say no at that point. <laughs> yeah, you you answer anything. Right. I can attest to that. So I guess I was the test for that. Did I don't, I, I don't yeah. know if it was testing. Well, cool someone came back. Someone came back some ten years later, and she said that she had actually used that. Used it, and it actually worked. It was it was a very smart thing, and she was you know she was a very a very seasoned. Um, uh, it was a very seasoned couple. Right. They yeah. had been married like yeah. way 30 years more than us. So, but, but she had never. And the thing is that if you don't talk and communicate and listen to other couples, you never know what can work in your marriage that may be working in someone else's mm-hmm. or what is working in yours that you can help someone else work through. Right. And that's what this is all about. Right. What are we doing right? that's making it work and what are we doing wrong? That's not right. making it work. Right. So, and, and that's the key point. And I think something you said that was also key, and Lisa had mentioned also, uh, about intentionality and being purposeful about making your marriage work. And you had mentioned also, you guys talked about uh, talking uh, mm-hmm. to your uh, your spouse uh, and or seeking counsel. The thing about it is, people are going to talk regardless. And so, and Lisa and I always talk about, if you don't... Um, Say whatever it, that thing is that somebody else is going to make that narrative for. They're going to they're going to make up what that reality is. Mm-hmm. And so, what we have to learn to do is be intentional about who we're talking to, but also more importantly, who we're not talking to. Okay, right? Because sometimes everybody's relationship is different, right? And so some Absolutely. people, you know, we can't tell you how many times that we've talked to uh, people to tell them our story, and we're not advocates of, uh, of of two people who've been on married twice now. Mm-hmm. We're not advocating divorce because divorce is definitely uh, something that we both uh, experience and we don't want anybody to experience okay. divorce. Oh, yes. uh, which is why we're here talking tonight because we, we can enrich and give somebody some truths and some nuggets that can help, help them, them in that mm-hmm. way. Um, then I think it's great. Um, but the thing, of, the thing about it is in terms of... Um, when you are, the point I was going to make up, I got the point I was going to make about um, about talking and sharing, people are going to, um, when you share your story, 
uh, you can see in their eyes the pain that some people feel like, Mm -hmm. wow, you know what? They're excited to see the love that we share, but then they look at their own relationship. You know what? My relationship is not where not where it needs to be, and so maybe I I should just get out and get and reset that clock. And what we want to do, we want to get people to understand that before it gets to that point, like you were saying before, we have to be willing to know that. Ours, as my wife tells me, your stuff does stink. You are not as good as you think you are. Right? You may think, I'm thinking marriage is supposed to be easy because she loves me, I love her, we have the same goals and ideas in life. This is supposed to be a piece of cake. Nobody yep. was listening to Tina. Nobody <laughs> was listening to Tina. Not me. When Tina said, what's love got to do with it? Right. That, that is the biggest yeah, truth because love only lasts so long. Right. And I mean, you're in love, you're out of love. I mean, you still love the person, but love can't carry you through every trial, right. tribulation. It's not, you can't. Right. It, no. it doesn't last. So there's, a, you have to have that infatuation stage to get to. But mm-hmm. then the true test comes is, like you said, Marlon, mm-hmm. can I love you when you're unlovable? Can mm-hmm. can I really love you when you have that ugly look on your face? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. <laughs> and when, the line, right? Yeah. Ahead, I'm like, oh, no. I know what that means. And vice when you versa. see that line in the and forehead, vice, you know it's, it's on. And vice versa. Can, can you love him when he's unlovable? Like you said, your right. stuff does not smell good. No, I don't know who told you. Flush right. the toilet. And I think the biggest thing is that, one, we do have to, um, one, I think we have to know ourselves and be strong in who we are and know what we want in our mate. Mm-hmm. But we also have to be willing to um, support, uh, nurture, and and help that other person grow to who they need to be. Because like I've always said, people may look at our relationship and say, oh, I want a husband like him. And they may think, oh, you know, I want him or whatever. And so you can take the same person as in your situation and be married to someone totally different mm-hmm. and get a totally different outcome. Right. It has to do with the two individuals and what they bring and how they're supporting each other. Right. What am I giving you that you need? And what are you giving me that I need that makes this thing work? Right. Right. And so, so I remember, I got to say, this is, is funny. So we just celebrated, you know, Christmas just passed. And I remember, um, one of the things that I used to ask Lisa is I say, listen, hey, listen, give me a, a list of things that you want, categories, so that I could, you know, help no, help me to make no. this right? And I'm like, well, come on, you don't want Lisa, want... you gotta Lisa, nobody can see your face. You gotta say something. <laughs> she was like, no, I want her to finish the story. <laughs> you just want to answer. She yeah, was right. like, you know, yeah, I'm not letting you get out the hook that easy. Exactly. You should know exactly. what I like. Exactly. I'm like, babe, you you got so much stuff, and I don't want to get you something that you. No, don't. you just don't want to think. You right. just don't. <laughs> Nobody's not gonna make right. that easy for you. You right. see me every day. Yes. All yes. day. And, every day. And even if and you know me, right. and so you should know what I like and and what you want me to have. Yes. No, yes. she's saying, Tina's saying yes because what? she says that because I should know what she wants. Absolutely. But she changes her mind too often. <laughs> what you like okay. today, you don't like tomorrow. But that's and okay. I go buy yesterday's like, and I, she goes, I, I don't admit, like that I, anymore. But, but you got to take, 
can stab at it and just try but you know it. what? And the docilness matters. And But just... you know what? But again, he's trying to get out of it. He's right. trying to look at my pattern and see what he can buy. He's getting trying the easy way out. Right. So she liked this, so I'm going to get this. No, if you know that I'm a person that likes change, try me. Buy right. me something that you've never seen me oh, have. Okay, so, uh, like okay, the, like right. So, I, I, like, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, so, I've done that. She goes, you really don't know me all, at all. I'm like, well, I well, try something so different. Gotta, <laughs> but, but you got to, well, I told him it was a combination of you you do know me. Right, exactly. And then, and the second is what would you like for me to have? And that combination. Oh, combination, boy. combination. The see, combination yes. of you see something and you know me and so you, you know. You should you, have a feel. You should have a feel. And you say, you know, I know she would like this because I know her right. and I want her to have this. Right. Exactly, Lisa. Exactly. Right. So if you know that I'm a person that likes, I'm, I don't like everything the same, but don't bring me something you know. You like, I'm like, you do not know me at all. Like, it's right. been 30 years. Like, I'm not, see, I think you just don't want to think. I right, think you want to make things easier. easy. Right. And and I, I had appeased him for a long time right. and would just give him a list exactly. of Exactly. No, I'm thinking this and, and, and so, done. But then, you know, the then I open up my gifts <laughs> and it's like, oh. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you got the one that I, I said that I would like. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Um, and, and so it's like, what's the fun in that? Right. Oh my I God. agree. I agree. <laughs> I the, agree. This is the worst thing I'll do. That she, that her biggest pet peeve is that I'll go buy her a gift, and I say, "Ooh, that's a good deal. I'm gonna get me." <laughs> <laughs> Matching gifts. Like my sister, her husband always says, Let me know what you want. And then he buys exactly that. And so she's like, No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to tell yeah, you what I, don't I want you, I want you to show me how well you know me and how much you love me. Like Show me. We want, like, you should know us by now to know what we like, even if you go out on a limb. Like, don't bring back something you know. Like, you, come on now. Come yeah. on. We don't even know what we want. Right. That long but, but you want. That's so true. Yeah. Well, that, that's part of the problem. But, 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 and, but, and, and so, that is part of the problem. It is. Because when we go out, we go, oh, he would like right. this. Like, we just know. Yeah. Don't you, don't, you, don't you, you buy right. stuff, Lisa? And, and oh, you, absolutely. Oh, right. And, and you'd be spot on. I, I get it. I get it. And I miss the mark just about all the time. All the time. Yep. All the, so. I, I look at him and I go, you, wow, <laughs> you really don't know me at all. Like, I'm just, like, really surprised. And I do change. Like, I like variety. Like, you know, I don't like the same thing. Jason's thing is if you go to a restaurant oh. and and yep. you don't, you're not, you're hungry, just get place. a hamburger. You know, just just go with, it's always safe. I'm like, no, let's try taste. Right. And, like, how do you know you what you really like? Mm-hmm. How, how do you, you know what you try different things? I don't play around when I'm hungry. So, in the restaurant right, is. right. So he's, he's stuck on, <laughs> I don't like Mexican. I don't like Chinese. You know, so we go to TF, uh, P.F. Chang. Chang. And he was surprised that there were some things on the menu that he actually liked. But like me, I'm willing to try anything. Right. You know, but don't bring me something you know. Like, you right. know, in the 30 years you've been with me, come, don't bring me no cowboy books for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> 
not that well, I, you've been talking to me. Like, like, like I, not that I have a thing against cowboy boots, but I mean, I'm a city girl. Like, right. bring me some stilettos. Right. You know, red right. bottom. Like, right. you know, yep. don't you? You should you should have some type of feel for who I am mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that, sometimes he he hits it. Off. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes. But you know what? I have to be intentional. I have to pay closer attention to what's going on yes. when, More, when you know, clues and things. But you know what? That's some in the investigative work. You know what? Hap- you know what the real problem is? What's that? You don't like to go shopping with me. I That's why you don't, don't like know, to go right? shopping with you. Because as <laughs> soon as I walk in a store, I look for the man chair and I'll say, pick <laughs> yeah, me up yeah. when you're done. Yeah. So... That's his little joke. When I when I ask him to go shopping with me, tell him what you say, Jason. What's that? What about getting arrested? Oh, um, no, no. It was saying that uh, the thing was, if you were out in the open, if you were out amongst and just in the public, and it was an affection police officer came up, would it be enough evidence to arrest you to show affection in public? Like so, he's a, he's an affection. So you guys are showing so, too much affection. So would, okay. would you, would right. you, would be you have enough a, to be arrested? Would you would he have enough proof against you guys? Oh, so yeah. put you under arrest, mm-hmm. right? I think so. So, right. so. so I tell Jason when we go shopping, you're not getting arrested tonight. Nope. <laughs> I said I'm walking free. Matter of fact, he ain't even pulling me over. <laughs> I'm like, like, do you know her? Right. 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 He doesn't even know you know me. Exactly. Right. Right, no. Yeah, but I think, and it's with everything, I think we have to be intentional in our relationships. We have to be intentional of getting to know our mate. And sometimes we just, uh, we're growing, but we're not growing together. True. We're just growing. Right. Well, and so with that being said, I think in so many marriages and relationships, like with anything, uh, after a period of time, you, you take them for granted. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what anything. You, 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 you get a new car and then you stop taking care of it. You, you mm-hmm. know, your wife right. is new and everything's good. And then after a while. And, and, absolutely. Did you right. hear that, Jason? And, I did hear that. <laughs> I'm paying attention. I'm taking good notes, baby. <laughs> so, and that's what, that's what we're, we're continually learning. I'm learning that, um, that you have to treat each day as, as an opportunity to, to grow closer to your mate and to never take that day for granted. And so and the hard part is when you think that you've given 100% and it's still not good enough and they're upset. And we have to resist that urge to think, to get defensive and say, you know what, that's on you because I'm doing 110%. And um, so therefore I can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not saying that you have to do more, but you have to do something different, or do enough of the right stuff. Of right. Enough of the right because some, because you know, like you said, you could you could think that you're doing 110, percent mm-hmm. but 110 percent of what? Right, 110 percent right. where 90 percent of it is the wrong thing. Right, you know. So just right. So we do just paying attention to what is, again, what is our spouse's love language? Love language. Yep. What what does my spouse need to know that I love them? You know, mm-hmm. not not you know, women may need touch, and not all women, right? Not all, but what do what do they need to show them that I love them? And it's not saying that you have to do it all the time, but you can be intentional and in doing it and showing it or saying it a lot of the time and understanding right. where they're coming from and well, when they're and when it's lacking. Right. In a relationship, right. you basically not take a day off. <laughs> Every day. You have to be intentional about <laughs> yeah. treating that, your that, spouse like they're. 
they're the only thing that in the world that matters. Like, like they hear that again. That work, marriage is work, right? right. right. It's hard work, it's, but it's a great payoff if you're doing it. It right. is. It is. It is. It is nothing like being in a loving, healthy relationship. Period. It is a so. Uh, it is. It's revitalizing. Yeah. It, it's you know when when things are going wrong, you have that one thing that can keep you lifted. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very good feeling, but it's a lot of work. It yeah. is. It's a yeah. lot of work. Anything worth right. having is a lot of work. Right. And right. people don't realize that. Like they think that, like you said, they can come into a relationship and it's just going to just cruise through all the problems and everything is going to be peachy keen. And that's when the real test comes in. How well and how much are you willing to give and put forth in your relationship to make it work? Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to give of yourself for me? To make it work, and how much am I willing to give up myself for you? Right. right. Because marriage is not about right. self, and right. that's what people have to realize. If you're in a relationship and the only thing you're thinking about is self, we can tell you right now it's not going to work. No. No. That's right. No. And I think sometimes, um, for me, uh, one of the things that we experienced early on in our relationship was I was active in the military, right? So I was an active uh, reservist. Okay. I would go away to uh, St. Louis at one point, and then I would also travel to Minnesota once a month. Okay. And I remember um, being away uh, in Minnesota, and, and Lisa and I would talk, and she would uh, tell me, you know, it's, it's like it was amazing. As soon as I leave to go out of town... <laughs> Right, everything happens. Everything falls apart. Right. The washing machine broke. The basement's flooding. You know, <laughs> the furnace is out. Everything. Out. Or, or she just misses our date nights and things that we do, and she felt like, and it was true. Like that I was while I was say, away, no, it wasn't no felt like. I said it was true. <laughs> he would leave on Friday, and then. I may not hear from him again until like Sunday when he's on his way back. I'm like, what are they doing in Minnesota? What? And 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 then it really, um, you know, and all of that was new to me. But I would say, you know, you can check in or right. something. Right, right. And then um, and then it really like kind of working? it really kind of uh, came to a head when I I actually went there for um, a weekend. And I was in his office and I'm in his office and I'm like, you know, he has a few pictures of uh, and uh, a few things. And I'm like, there was like literally nothing there that was of me. Right. And so I'm like. That that's the problem. I'm like, you, <laughs> you have to take me with you. Right. You have to take me with you if you want. I mean, you, you, if you're married, there should not be a place or a time where you don't have your spouse with you. Something that is going. Something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it made it, it made it clear Marla for me. Marlon said he had his ring. But we don't know if he kept it on. <laughs> right. He might have to take it off because of military drills. Right. No. Exactly. But um, exactly. and you had, we had to, um, you know, I had to really um, communicate them <laughs> the importance of because Effective it all ties together so it wasn't it, it's not surprising to me so I actually got clarity in that because it wasn't surprising to me then how he could leave on a Friday and then um I don't talk to him until he's planning to come back home on Sunday <laughs> because there was like nothing at all in his space 
that even that triggered used, anything that's at home as home and and this was like I said early in in the um, marriage but it wasn't anything to trigger home so um since then I went back <laughs> did some remodeling we did some remodeling put did all types remodel. of pictures up <laughs> Vacation stuff, uh, wedding pictures. Uh. Somebody came and said, "Marlon, did you? Like, did you just get married?" But what's interesting is did the reason why photo? I bring that up is, I again, those was one of those moments. Those are one, that was one of those moments where I felt like she was overreacting. Okay. Babe, I, you know I love you. I, I'm not, Why do I have to? Have I'm not down work. Right. I'm not having any extramarital relationships or anything like that. <laughs> Now like, I'm preoccupied with right. work, and it's it's basically like being deployed away overseas, but you're just Local. in a different state. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you're there, twenty four. I mean, you're you're doing something all the time, and so my time would be preoccupied real quick, and before you know, it's over. But um, I couldn't appreciate what she was going through until you remember that time we she had to go on a trip. For work, and she was gone for a week, mm. and I was like, I don't know what to do myself. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing like walking into a house, right? Turning right. the alarm off, and it's like nobody's Nobody. here. Right, right. It's that emptiness, right? It's emptiness, nobody to talk to, and I'm like, I told her one one night, I just eat up some pork and beans, my dogs. <laughs> And watch ESPN. That's all I knew to do. And I just fell asleep. So oh, when I came home, it was like a pile of a stove with some, some hot dogs and some barbecue sauce or something, a, a loaf of bread open. I'm like, what? What is going on? It's like he didn't know how to survive. I, 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 I took it for granted. I didn't realize what right, she meant to right, me. Right, right. if you all remember when we had that top golf out. Right, right. Yes, you yeah, right. I was right. there. I was like, I'm like, Tina, can you? Um, right. Right. He came over. He said, "Nice long time." Right. I'm like, right. "Afraid to go home." <laughs> but like, I didn't know what it. I mean, I, I told you you could stay over, Mark. Right. No, we know. Jason likes you. You guys not too over for the pen and night. Right. right. <laughs> Man's right. retreat. That's right. But it's a but. But when you when you have found a person who you really love, that makes it worth it. And I think that. Um, you know, again, for, for us, I remember telling Lisa a story. I remember in my previous marriage, for years, wishing that I knew what that it was like. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, listening to, like, Luther Vandross. Oh, yeah. And listening to all the love songs. And it was all just empty ballads. Because I had nothing to right, compare that to. connected to. There was and, right. and not until Lisa and I got together that I could actually now, and we both say this, we can truly say now we're really in love. Yeah. So you ask me, so how do I do it? Um, I do it because I don't want to lose the love that we have. Absolutely. Um, okay. So that's right. that's, and that's that's where that's, the motivation and comes that's, from. And that's a good thing, too, because, you know, you I think early on people take it for granted. You take your relationship for granted. You take your spouse for granted. And the love does, you do lose the love. Mm-hmm. You do. And the thing is that when you know, when you finally have something and you can compare it to something else and you found it, now you know you don't want to lose that. But sometimes, unfortunately, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, some relationships, people don't know what they have until it's gone. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why sometimes people get remarried, you know, mm-hmm. to the same right. person. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so, um, but that's true. Working on knowing, recognizing that what you have is and can be special. 
and just making sure that you keep the love alive. And so, like you said, too, love, um, it takes more than love because love is not always going to be there. But I submit to you that love comes and goes. And so it's like it's like the wind. So mm-hmm. whenever the love is not there, we have to usher that love back. So it comes right. back. So it, it flows. It, it doesn't now. have to go away and stay away. Right. If you want that love to be there, it'll be there. Yeah. And we tell each other all the time that even though we may have our disagreements and issues, um, we are truly best friends. So many people go through life for being in relationships for different reasons, and they really don't. Know like who they are, or they who know. they're with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But we can be together. I don't care whether we're in Chicago and, and it's 20 to below outside or we're in um, Miami. Miami and it's 85 <laughs> degrees and we're on the beach. As long as we're together, I don't need anybody else. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you guys always are. Uh, I see all those Facebook posts. <laughs> always somewhere where the sun's at. Right. So look at that sun right there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so we're going to close it out. Is there anything last that you would like to say, Lisa? Um, I, I would just um, like to say that for anybody who is... Um, in a place of wanting to um, make their relationships better, that they are in control of that, just mix it up, do something different. Um, and um, I, I think that there's a, a chance to make a change in the relationship, but it requires you to be intentional um, and communicate more and express love. Okay, Marlon, how about you? Well, so the, the way I, I wrap it up is I, I'd say that... Um, Relationships can work, and they will work if you're willing to put in the work. Okay. And that if you, uh, you have to see the big picture, and it's and think beyond now, but where you want to be, and set goals, small goals to get to where you want to be. Okay. All right. Well, that ends another episode of Love and Beyond the I Do. And as always, we're in it to win it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lovin' Beyond the I Do podcast. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legendary Relationship or visit our website at legendaryrelationship.com. Till next time, remember to make every day count.